Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Go Simple, the podcast. We had so much fun recording the episode, um, but it couldn't have been done without the help of our sponsor, Karen Simchas and Vakalis. We're going to take a minute to hear a little bit more about them. The following episode of Go Simple the Podcast is proudly sponsored by Karen Simplis Chassan Vikala. Karen Simplis Chassan Vikala was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Go Simple, the podcast. We're hitting 22 episodes this week, and it's really crazy. This is the last podcast of the year. That's right. We're heading into 2019. It's a big, it's a big deal. We've been doing this now since June. Um, so we've been in there really sick about June, July, about six months already going on here. No, maybe less. I don't even know. It's just fun. Every week is a new week. Every week is more, it gets more exciting than the next. And this week we have a very special guest. I know I say that every single time we have a very special guest, but everybody is a very special guest to me. Um, all the way from Australia originally, um, now hailing from Crown Heights, I w- I'd love to welcome a, a good friend of mine to the show, well, hopefully soon to be a good friend of mine, Khoni uh, Maleki. Welcome aboard to Go Simple the Podcast. It's an honor and pleasure to have you here ringing out the year with us on our show, and hopefully we'll, we'll start off the new year even better than the next. What's going on, Connie? How are you? Yeah, well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. It's really sure. an honor. Did you just say 22 episodes in a week or 22 episodes since you started? We've done 22 episodes since we started. No, if I, if I oh, want okay. to be able to if I'd do 22 <laughs> episodes in a week, I'd probably lose my mind and wouldn't be able to talk. That's okay. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, like it's amazing. 22 episodes. What a great idea. And, uh, and I'm really honored to be here with you. Sure. It, it, the the pleasure is all mine. I was I was just coming off listening to your latest album, which we'll talk about later in the show. But it, it was it was very inspiring, very and very enjoyable to be able to listen to such a wide mix of music and kind of turn all these guys who are who are in who are, have different different sounds, different genres, and put them into one kind of like house type right. of album. It was really yeah. cool. We'll talk about that later. But I want to know a little bit more about you. I've seen, I've heard your music. I've heard some of your albums. I know you're a big time wedding singer. What's your story, man? How did you get into all this? How did you start into the music industry? And what what got you to where you are today producing these types of albums? Okay, that's a lot of questions in one. So let's start out. I'm not a wedding singer. A lot of people confuse that. I'm a wedding musician. And, okay. and I'm very, Baruch Hashem, very popular here in the Brooklyn circuit, especially on the Chabad circuit. That makes I sense. Grew up in Australia, I'm from Sydney, Australia. You might still uh, hear a hint of a twang, or a hint of my accent. I hear it. Um, I, I moved here about 10, 15, 15 years ago already, but my family's all in Australia and I'm proudly, I guess, a dual citizen now, Australia and, and America, which is a great Medina Shalchesib. Proud to be here too. Um, and I grew up the son of Chabad Shluchim. So, 
uh, that's my background. I, I grew up as a uh, as in, in a big shul, which uh, wasn't a a um, observant shul. In other words, in Australia, you don't really have reform and conservative. It's uh, it's basically orthodox. Everybody goes to orthodox, and there is a temple as well. Uh, but conservative, unless things have changed recently, it doesn't exist there. So people who aren't necessarily so observant at home will still come to a orthodox shul. So they you. might drive to shul, you know, that have different levels of kosher, that kosher in the house, that kosher out in the street, you know, you name it. So that's the environment I grew up in because my father was a rob of such a shul. We had a thousand families in a shul and uh, we were constantly on a, on a, on show, on a pedestal as an example for the community. And I made a lot of lasting friends that way. And it had a massive impact on how I make my music and on how I see my, uh, my life and my shlichus in, in the world. How did I get into music? That's a really interesting one because my father was not on a good salary and, and <laughs> music lessons was out of the question, out of the question. And I, I guess that Hashem decided that this is, uh, Connie Malecki is gonna be a musician. You know, it says before a neshama comes into the world, there's a Baskal goes out that this, this person's going to marry this person and this person's going to get this house. It's a, it says only Tzadik Varosha Leiko Amar, says in the first page of Tanya. But I guess Hashem decided I'm a musician. And if just because my parents uh, couldn't afford lessons, it was not going to stand in the way of Hashem. And, and Baruch Hashem, I've, I've done very well off it and uh, very thankful. And I moved here about 10 years ago to find a Shidduch. Baruch Hashem, I did. And I stayed here. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, your accent. It's funny because you like you saying how you sort you're you're sort of losing your accent. I still hear it. I, I yeah. still hear it. And I had I had one time many years ago back when I back when I was still in Kolo, I used to have a chavrusa who was Australian. And the first day we sat down to learn together, I looked at him. I was like, "You're English, aren't you?" And he looked at me with like like he was about to he was about to kill me. And I said, "What I say? What I say?" Apparently. When you when you tell an Australian that they're Engl that they sound like they're English, it's an insult. You can no, back me you up on that one. That. You should never do that. <laughs> no. Just in case it might be the case that he's not English, you shouldn't do it. No, as, 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 we have a superiority complex. We think that we're better than <laughs> England. So if you would come to us and tell us that we're from England, that's not okay. Same thing between Sydney and Melbourne. If you tell a Sydney right. sounder, he sounds like he's from Melbourne. Not okay. Not okay. Not okay. There's proper there's proper etiquette when it comes to Australians. I hear that, man. I totally hear that. So so what was your when you're saying you got into music kind of organically? You kind of, you didn't really have any lessons. You didn't really have what to do on. You just kind of like fell into it. How'd that all begin? Like what were you doing that you're just like, man, maybe I'm gonna start playing piano or start like writing music? Like what? What's I don't have on? I don't have a beginning for you. It's like asking like what, what made you decide to talk. Um, you know, it was just, I, I started so early that it, that it's hard to remember the beginnings. I know that I had a piano already at the age of five or six years old and it, I immediately had an obvious hush. Um, and I was, I started playing and it, well, it never was something that I decided to get into. I've been doing music the same way that you've been walking, um, your whole life. I just, uh, it's just something that, that was a good fit for me, a perfect fit. It just was part of my, uh, Part of my growth always has been. That's great. No, that's 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 yeah. that's really cool. I, I happen to be a musician myself. I, I play okay. I play a variety of instruments and I love every minute yeah. of it. Yeah. What's what do you play other than the piano? Because I see in a lot of your in a lot of stuff that you're a lot of pictures and a lot of videos. You're you're rocking the keyboard. Do you do anything? Do you play anything? Okay. Else? So 
yeah so look i i i play multi-instruments as well but the only instrument that i uh that i really enjoy that i, I can do professionally on on a stage is going to be pianos and organs but you know when i was dating my wife i guess you know in the haredi world we don't have big dating periods from the time i first met her until my wedding day was uh, not more than a few months and from the time i proposed to her until i got married it was five weeks and so we didn't cover everything and uh, i guess one of the things that we didn't cover was what do i play she knew i played <laughs> piano <laughs> but then at the wedding i promised myself i wouldn't do it but in the moment i just did it i got up on stage and i took over the drums and someone says hey your 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 husband is is playing the drums and she's like what he doesn't play the drums and she comes over and sees i'm playing the drums so <laughs> that was a surprise for her and then uh, a few minutes later hey now he's on the guitar so uh <laughs> you know so i play a number of instruments but um i only did that at my wedding i don't play when it, for someone else's wedding i'll hire someone else to do guitar and drums and, and flute etc you never you never you never be like oh wait a minute hold hold this for a second i'm gonna hop on the drum kit no not for you <laughs> well no it's not for me but knowing how to play drums and knowing how to play guitar and wind instruments knowing how they work is absolutely right. essential for a band leader because sure. you know what to expect and what you can ask for from your uh, from your musicians and as a band leader even on the drums the fact that i that i create my own beats on my own keyboard for example and right. the fact that i have a a, a a drum set right here in the studio that i play on when i have a bit of spare time which doesn't happen that much any anymore but it gives me a good idea of what i can ask the drummer to do to perform and and maybe think of things that the drummer hasn't thought of so of course it, and put it this way i just put out an album i produced an album and that doesn't happen without having a broad knowledge of of the full spectrum of instruments out there no i totally agree i mean me personally i play drums guitar keyboard saxophone um and a few other woodwind instruments and yeah. i used to write i used to i used to do all sorts of stuff so i understand what you're talking about completely yeah. and then if you have that knowledge you have that background knowledge it's able to you're able to take that and, and flow with it through different pieces of music and different things and Absolutely. be able to create different sets and things like that and run the band it's it's yeah. a very useful skill if you're in this type of industry yeah absolutely so the studio behind you, this is your studio? This is like your, this is your place or? This is my studio and I'm afraid to tilt the camera down because it is such a mess. That's cool. But I... <laughs> most of, but this, this is, is mostly audio. Out. This, this is mostly audio. Don't worry. Okay, good. Uh, well, yes, this is my studio. I've recorded hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of recordings here, maybe thousands at this point. I've been doing this for a while. Um, and I've had everyone in here, everyone from Eighth Day to Avram Free to Mordechai Ben David, even to Uncle Moshi, you name it. Uh, Lippa Schmelzer. I've, uh, I've had quite a lot of people through here. And, uh, and I've recorded a lot of uh, people that you've never heard of. You know, there's a lot of, uh, of school productions, a lot of people who just want to put out a song for a birthday or, you know, for a, a special somebody. So... Baruch Hashem, I've done quite a bit, but I've dialed it down lately, and I've been focusing mainly on producing music and on uh, on performing music. So lately, I've been really picky about how I spend my time in the studio. That's good. So it seems yeah. like you you like to be behind the scenes. It seems like from what you just told me, you are more of a. You, I mean, you're you're obviously a musician, but you seem to be more in into the producing side of things and the recording side of things 
Right. And well, it's both. Other people. it's both. Look, I'm a musician, and of course, I'm on stage. I, I probably do 150 to 200 uh, performances a year. And of course, those that's me on the scenes, not behind the scenes. But, you know, a lot of musicians are artists, and they need managers, and, uh, you know, they don't, they kind of float with whatever happens. Um, and uh, I guess I have a different skill, which is I am a bit of a producer. And I've produced some big concerts, uh, especially here in Crown Heights. We recently had the Hakel concerts, which were about 20,000 people outdoors, uh, outdoor situation. It was it cost a half a million dollar budget. So wow. I've done, uh, I've done that as well. But uh, lately I've, with the production of this album, I've decided to start focusing on getting my art out there. Dafka not backstage, Dafka to get on front stage. So that's uh, that was the intention, and I mean, there was a lot of reasons I did this album, but uh, but but that was the idea. Definitely not to be uh, behind the scenes, and uh, I figured it's time for me to make a, a bigger step out there. No, for sure, you got You got to put yourself out there. In, in I mean, your name is known, but you want to keep putting yourself out there so more people get to know who you are. I mean, exactly. especially outside yeah. of the realm of because you said you're big in in Brooklyn, you're big in Crown Heights, but right. there's a whole another world out outside of right. outside so of New York. In, in Brook, in Crown Heights, uh, everybody knows who I am. Baruch Hashem, that's a big blessing. Uh, after that, it kind of trails off, and uh, and that's what I need to work on because uh, look, all the musicians know who I am, all the producers know who I am, and I, I figured, you know, let, let I think I have what to offer. I think I'm doing something that nobody else is doing. I don't. I think I'm not just adding a, you know, another one man band or another band to the scene. It's a very very different sound, a very different attitude. And uh, you've listened to the album. You hear that yeah. it's not—it's not like anything else that's come out. No, uh, it, it really very, isn't. Very brand new sound. Yeah, it's—it's it's an interesting sound too. It's like because you've—you've you've taken all all these artists who have different styles of music, like I said before, who have different styles of music, who are different types of singers, and you've kind of put them together in this collective to bring about like some house type music and some like. And some more, and like some EDM type music, and all sorts of things. And it's it, in the the way it comes out, it's it's really phenomenal. And it's so good I don't I don't term it as, as house. I've been saying EDM, but even EDM is not accurate because okay, I'm proud to say, and I and maybe someone can prove me wrong, but I'm proud mm. to say that if you take this album, you will not find something similar to it in the Jewish market or in the secular market. I actually agree. Uh, what was that? I agree. Yeah, so it, I think you disagree. Yeah, no, no. In other words, yes, there's, there's, it's definitely very EDM influenced, but it's not created for the DJ. It's not meant for that. It's really a Jewish album. It's a, it's a very, very proudly Jewish album, and that's why I made sure that the music is very, very edgy. It should be very, very 2019, very modern. Uh, but at the same time, when the choirs came in. I wanted them to sing as if they were singing in the 1800s. So have this, this authenticity in the singing and the authenticity in the modern music. And I think it comes together because it is a very, very modern sound, but it's the kind of modern sound that a, a, a person as myself and as other people could, could really listen to. And here's the point. It'll yeah. bring you closer to Hashem. It'll bring you closer to Hashem. Uh, you know that. I hope that's my that's my my aim over here in creating music. I think that musicians, singers, 
uh, producers that we have this talent in music. And for some reason, Hashem decided that music should be a celebrity thing. And you have little kids and even adults who are fans of singers. The person never got a university degree. He probably, may, as his chances are, or very often he might have or might not have gotten smicha or, uh, or graduated from a yeshiva. Um, we don't know if he's mentally stable, right? We just have no idea. Uh, Baruch Hashem, we've been blessed that, we're, that uh, in most cases of Jewish music, uh, we've been okay. But for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. As long as you're a musician, nobody looks behind. Uh, very often, people don't look past that. They don't look to see, is he, does, does he Taka talk for me? Is he Taka some, somebody who I should have my kids listening to? And I've been telling all of my friends in the music industry, and I have a lot of friends in the music industry, that it is our Akraias to be a positive influence through our music. And by positive influence, I mean, I don't just mean telling people to do another mitzvah or bring more light to the world. I mean, practically speaking, to be mashpiim, to get out there and bring Hashem into our world and bring people closer to Hashem. And I really think that that's my responsibility through my music. That's what I've tried to do through my album. And, uh, and I encourage all singers and, uh, and musicians and producers to see themselves that way. Wow. That's a, that's a really powerful message. That, yeah. that, but I agree with you 100%. Is that, and I spoke about this once on a, uh, a couple times on some of the previous shows we had, is that you guys are, you guys are in essence, must be on people, must be on people to, with your music. People look up to you guys as 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 for 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 chizik and for like strength and for all sorts of different things, and your music has the effect to really change somebody's life. It really has the effect to change somebody and put them in a different in a totally different mindset and totally different world. And right, and it does that in two different ways. Right, it does it through the music. Right, and it also does it through the celebrity. Right, in other words, people like. Benny Friedman, or they like Yaakov Shweki or Avram Fried or Mordechai Ben David or whoever it is, and therefore they're more receptive to the message. I'll give you an example. When I was growing up, the the uh, Ohel concert came out the, on DVD or on CD. I can't remember. It was it, Ohel five seven five eight or something like it was quite a, a while ago. Uh, I guess it wasn't when I was growing up. It was a bit later. But on that album, Avram Fried says something like this. He says. Uh, <laughs> Hello, New York, something like that. But then he says, uh, good evening, New York. And then he, he says, Yossi Green, he took a Gemara and made it world famous. And he has a couple of lines like this. And every time he said something, the crowd went wild for no reason. For no reason. If somebody else would go out there and say what he said, people would think he's mad. What are you, what did you, why are you saying that? And what were you trying, what were you trying to achieve? With a mm. singer, they don't judge you. With a musician, that people don't judge you as much. They're on your team. They want you to do well, and they're receptive to anything you have to say. And that's another powerful thing, just the messages that we give as musicians and as producers and as singers. The right. messages we give besides our music is as equal as, as equally as important as the music we put out. Right. No, for sure. It's, it's interesting because like that in the secular world as well, like if you ever see these videos of these concerts, these guys are doing, they'll get up on stage and you can, they control the audience. Yeah. They, they could say anything they want and the audience will be receptive and the audience will just go back, go back with them. 
they control yeah. the audience. And you're yeah, right. And, um, and believe it or not, and they do control it. And they say sometimes ridiculous things, and the and the and the audience goes with it. And sometimes they'll th- say prohibitive things, things they should never have said. All they have to do is say apologize, and they're forgiven. Yep. Right. People don't forgive their Rashi Shiva that easily. <laughs> That's crazy. It, it's it's very the the way you describe this is it's 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 very fascinating, and. Yeah. You would never think about so much in the Jewish realm, but I guess it's it, the same holds true with the Jewish musicians that you guys have that effect on people. And so all the more so your music, it, your message is so true. It's like your music has to be, it, you have to be able to give over that message and, be, and to be much beyond people because you right. never know what type of effect it's going to have both on the celebrity aspect and on the music the musical aspect as well. Right, and that's how, and that's what I try to achieve on this album, The Great Barbie. Okay. What I'm trying, uh, this is the message of the album. The mm-hmm. message of the album is that my name is Khani Maleki. And of course, I went to Yeshiva and I grew up from, and I know the, uh, you know, the Yesodis of our Ramuna and of our faith. But I'm not a Rosh Yeshiva. I'm not a Magachir. I'm not a Mashpia. I'm not a Godel Hador. But I have a voice. And my voice might be different to the voice of the Magachir, because the Magachir is coming from a place of uh, absolute Kedusha, the four walls of the base of Medrash. And my voice isn't coming from there. My voice is coming from the real world, uh, you know, with all of the, with everything that happens in the real world. And therefore, the music that a Rosh Yeshiva might create uh, might sound different to the music that I would create. But doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is that if I am using my music to bring people closer to Hashem, then that music is Kedusha. People are often asking, what is the difference between Jewish music and secular music? Let's not even go there. <laughs> but let's just say... That's a conversation itself. Just, it is a conversation itself. But let's at least agree that if a person's intention in putting out music is to bring Hashem into this world and to make people closer to Hashem, and that's it. That's the main intention. Of course, he wants to be famous and this and that. It's not maybe totally the Shema, but he he really wants to, to, to bring people close to Hashem, then he's able to do that with his music. And my, what I'm telling people is that, look, my music is modern, but my singing is very traditional. And my message to you is that in your world, you have ways that you're modern and you have ways that you're traditional. Bring them together and influence other people to do the same. We, see, we always look at our Rosh Hashivas and our Magide Shiurim and our Godoyle Hador to be our leaders and to think for us. And we think that that absolves us of the responsibility mm. to do the same. But yes, of course, we have to listen to our Rebbes and we have to listen to our, to our, our Godoyle Hador. But we have to realize that we're leaders too. And that if I have an Aleph and a base, I have to teach that Aleph and a base to someone else. So just because I'm a businessman, I'm a lawyer, I clean the streets, whatever it is that I do, I have the ability to take my line of work and be mashpia on somebody else. And that's what the Great Barbie is all about. It's, hey, you got to get off your tuchus, so to speak. It's not just, it's the, the, don't just do Torah and mitzvahs. Of course you have to do that. That's a given. Go out and give it to someone else. Take it to the next level. Take it, and that's what the great Farbi means. You know, Farbi is an Australian word. It's short for Farbrengen. Right. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think I've heard it anywhere outside of Australia. And what, Farbi? The, 
with Fabri. Have you ever heard it before? In Detroit, they've, they, they, it, it, it runs around. Oh, okay. So you see, that's it. Australia, we have an influence on the whole world. Um, so, <laughs> that elitism. <laughs> so, you know, the idea is that, you know, it's a Fabrengen, but it's also a Farbi. Someone once asked me a few weeks ago, they said, okay, so what's your perfect Fabrengen? What does a Fabrengen look like? Who do you have at the head of the table, Fabrengen? And I had a hard time with it because there's a lot of people who I respect who I want to hear what they're saying and put them at the head of the table by the stender and hear what I have to say. But it's not a Fabrengen. What a Fabrengen is, is that you're sitting down with your buddy, with your coworker, with your son, with your spouse, with somebody who you can be mushba on, somebody who needs you. And you sit down and you talk and you figure out how to make your lives better, how to bring Hashem into the world, how to, how to make meaning of this existence, how to bring everything that we've learned and not just do the motions, but feel a simcha for it. That's really what a Fabrengen is all about. Uh, you know, and and if, that means that a Fabrengen is not something that you have to schedule. Hey, on Thursday night, Lel Shishi, there's going to be a Fabrengen in this and this yeshiva in room number four. If Fabrengen is something you can have, 10 times a day in various interactions. One time it'll be for five seconds and one time it'll be for 15 minutes. And right now we're doing one for an hour. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts for. This is, right. you know, this is not just a podcast. This is a Fabrengen. We should, re we should rename the podcast the Go Simcha yeah, Fabrengen. The Go, the Go Simcha Podcast Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's interesting that you, the, how, you, how you put it because your album, one of the first tracks on the album is pretty much the entire album all in one track at Which least one is that the at least the copy i got um it i forgot what the track is called but it's it's like it's the unedited it says it's called unedited or something like that and oh, it, that, yeah i put it out as well it, that's basically the whole album that basically so, in a single track so that right. people can listen to it on it without breaks right so what i was about to say is that it is how you're describing the like the your for bringing it's like it just it it kind of flows you know, it's, it's kind of, right. there's no, there's no like time limit to it. There's no, right. you know, the way you're describing yeah. it and the whole purpose of that album, the, how you wanted it. And I think that's, that's perfect how you set that, set that up so that it just kind of keeps going. There's no breaks. There's no nothing. There's no and breaks. It just goes. And, and not only that, I, when I picked the names of the albums, I might've been able to pick better names because I, I believe it or not, I spent two years making this album and about two minutes coming up with the names. <laughs> for the tracks mm -hmm. so but I, but I i think i did well i think that the names are very reflective and what i tried to uh do with the names because it didn't make sense for me to take a song like my yisrael and say okay i'm calling it my yisrael because it's not that kind of album instead what i labeled that track was choices and the reason i call it choices is because if you think about it the song is all about you have a choice you have to work you gotta work if you don't work, Hashem's going to give you a work that you don't want. So you got to choose your work. You can choose. Are you going to work behind a desk and uh, for somebody else? Or are you going to work learning Torah? Mm -hmm. So instead of saying my Yisrael, which doesn't mean anything to anyone, I called it choices. Um, and there's so many others like that. I have another song, which I have Piamenta singing on. It's oh. just all, but I call yeah. it joyful prayer because it gives you when you listen to it, you feel a simcha in the davening. 
that was one of my um, favorite that was that was one of my favorite songs and right. that happens to be one like growing up when i used to growing up back when i was younger in and i used to go to the chabad shul over there in detroit when it came to that part of davening on shabbos when they started singing that tefillah that always gave me such a gishmak that always and so now even when i'm in shul depending on where i go to shul whenever i get to that point in shabbos on shabbos i still sing it to myself right. you know Right. But with the, you, that you layered that with Piamenta, man, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I wish he was still around. I would love to have him on my show. Yeah. Well, I, I had Avi Piamenta, who I'm very, very close to. Um, he was the one who sang. Unfortunately, Yossi Piamenta is all over Shalom, so he didn't. Right. But I do have one person on my album who isn't alive anymore. Really? Um, did you notice that, that in the credits? I, my, I, great, my grandfather... Um, recently passed away at the age of 101. And wow. he was a Balmanagan. He was a Balmanagan. And the and so was his father. And he has a bit of a yichus because his father, his name was Reb Elchanan Dov Marazov, and I'm named after him. My name's Elchanan Dov. And he was actually shot by the Soviets because he was building mikvahs and schools in Soviet Russia. So he was shot. And... Um, and he was actually a, 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 my great grandfather, one who I'm named after. He was actually the Chavrusa of the Friedrich Rebbe, of the, of the Chabad Rebbe before our last Rebbe. Wow. The Friedrich Rebbe, he was the Chavrusa. So, uh, and so my grandfather, he, was, he considered himself a Balmanagan. And before he passed away a couple of years ago, I, he wasn't able to move out of his house. I picked up my studio and took it to his house. And I recorded him singing 10 or 12 nigunim of his favorite nigunim. And I grabbed one of those nigunim and I put it into the album. So I have him singing a nigun that he composed. It's called Reb Mendel's Nigun and, and Avram Fried recorded it about five, about five, 10 years ago. Uh, about 10 years ago. It's called Reb Mendel's Nigun. Oh, wow. So... Again, very traditional song with a ridiculously uh, uh, modern beat. And I have him singing there on the album. And I was very happy and proud to be able to have my, my grandfather, Oliver Shalom, sing on my album. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That, In fact, I, even, I have him on the cover. I have him on the signs. I have him, you know, it's very proud wow. to have that. And again, it's the same thing that I'm saying the whole time is that, is that yes, you can have modern music, but you have the Reb Mendel Marazza. Don't forget the Reb Mendel Marazza. Make sure that you have that your your feet are grounded in the foundation, you know, and that wow. your head is also grounded in the foundation. The whole thing has to be uh, a foundation of Yiddishkeit, Erlichkeit, and and Bittel to the Ebster, you know. So again, another example of uh, of of the uh, of the way to make the music a holy thing. Wow. That's amazing. And the funny thing is, who would listen to this music just to the style of it and say, this is holy? <laughs> right? Like, it's not the first thing that you would say. But once right. you listen to it, you get it. Yeah. Now, now that you're explaining it, now that we're taking it to a, a step further and going a little bit more in depth on the album and behind the scenes with it, I, I, I get what you're saying. I totally hear it. On a surface level, you don't think it. You don't think it so much. You just think it's a compilation of all these great artists coming together, mixed and mastered in a different way, and put it out 
right in time for for the for Hanukkah and different and different things. And it's a great album to listen to at your parties and dance to. But now that we're taking it a step further and going a little bit deeper into it, yeah, I totally hear it. Yeah. And yeah. how did you how did you pick the artists that you? I mean, besides from having your grandfather on, the, on it and like. Right. How did you, you know, he was already there. How did you pick, what What came to mind when you were picking the art, the guys to be on the album with? Look, I'm in the music industry and I know these guys. They're not, they're, they're my friends. They're not uh, people who I have to beg them, you know, to come. Not one of them charged me, which was great because the album costed a fortune to produce besides that. So when Eighth Day came on, they they came over to the studio and they just uh, and they they did it to me as for me as a favor and I just did what I really did is after I produced the music I did the music first and then I decided which artist and it kind of each song asks for its own artist like Dira Apocalypse okay which is a, a play on the words Dira B'Tachtonim uh, so Dira Apocalypse is pr- produced by Eighth Day and it's so off their alley. It's so right. up their alley it, because it's a real nice, it's a, again, it's a niggin. Right. It is, it's, it's the style of it is Latin America. That's why right. I call it Calypso. Calypso is a Latin American kind of, um, of, of style. But it is, if you listen to the singing, the singing, they sing it, they sing it like, like Yidin, right? Right. And then I have in the middle of there, I have Yoni Z come in and do a English riff. Because I figured, what are we singing? I'm not Abdul the Kuchabricho, right? That I am a servant of Hashem. There's a lot of songs out there with those words, but how many people think about those words when they're listening to the song? How many singers, when they're singing the song in the microphone, are thinking, I am a servant of Hashem? Right. It gets very hard to do it because of the, just the nature of Jewish music. We just get a little bit mindless of it. And therefore, I thought, you know what? Let me bring in somebody who can put my feelings of what the message of the song is into right. English words that you will have no choice but to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, Yoni's great. We had him on the show last week. He, he, was, yeah. he was great. Yeah. Learned a lot from him. Learned a yeah. lot from him. Um, uh, Yoni is, a, is very, very good. He's, he really gets it. Yeah, he really, he, yeah. He really does. And so that's, I think it's very interesting, like the, the variety and the types of guys you had on that album. And right. now that I'm thinking about it even more that you're explaining it. Yeah. Each person, each different artist that you had singing on those tracks, it really all fit their persona. Right. So, so I have a track called yearnings and it's uh, it's, it's the famous song. Um, what's it called again? Nine, 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 nine. Yeah, um, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I forget what it's called. What, and I, I didn't realize that it didn't have non, that it had non-Jewish origins. When yeah. I say non-Jewish, I don't mean that it, it's like a few hundred years old. That song, mm-hmm. it's it's from, from some back place in in Eastern Europe. But I heard that song at a Fabrengen, and I heard that song with the words So to me. Firstly, it has the style of a Jewish song. And secondly, I yeah. heard it in a and I, I never even realized. But then once I recorded it and I put Yankee Lemmer on it, I mean, it sounds amazing. You have this amazing chazonisha um, uh, juxtaposition together with this uh, particular song is, is, you know, is quite fascinating. Of course, we have Shmuley Ungar. We have Barry Weber, who's fantastic. Benny Friedman. 
just a host of uh, of the best singers and and as i said they're all my friends and they came in and they did me a favor and i'm very grateful you, to them for it you you pretty much in essence made yourself literally the great farby yeah you had all your yeah. friends come in you yeah. sat down everyone said everyone had their everyone had their piece to say and and you put it all together into one giant farby exactly the name is no, of the album is not an accident it's not right. an accident it's the it's really the perfect name um once you know i was sitting down with yoni z actually and we we were talking about different ideas of uh, of what to call the album once we came up with because he helped me out with this once we came out up with the with the title uh the great Barbie. We, I came up with that two years ago. Oh, yeah? Right at the beginning of this process. There was no other names. We, like, there was no reason to even think of other names after that. For fun, I tried to, and nothing came close. Because why would you need another name? It's such a perfect, perfect name yeah. for this album, you know? Agreed. That's yeah. really cool. Wow. Wow, honey, man. That, that, that's really deep. And... It really, the way it all came together, is 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 phenomenal, and I hope it I hope it continues to have successes and it keeps my, like going on going on from here. What other albums have you produced? I mean, we're talking about this one. We're talking about the Great Farby, which is all which is your party, in essence. Right. But what other albums have you produced? So this is where it gets interesting. Okay, because I like interesting. The question is, why did I decide to put out The Great Barbie after all these years? Right. The reason is because I've put out lots of music before, but I put it all out for free. Oh, really? I have, uh, and, and I have uh, a Hanukkah dance track, which is very popular. I did it with Ellie Marcus. Okay. Uh, it's all English songs and Hanukkah songs, and, and I have a, a, a Jewish hits that I did a couple of years ago. I have a Purim track. I have a Simcha Space and Sheva track. And each of them are dance tracks about 20 to 30 minutes long. Okay. And I gave them out for free simply as a service because I'm a musician and people would always call me Purim, Hanukkah, Smith Space Sheva, and I wasn't available, right? I'm one person. So I figured, let me make this available. And also some people don't have the budget to pay for a band or to pay for sound or to pay for someone expensive. And unfortunately, I'm not the cheapest or fortunately for me anyway. Um, but so I figured, let me create these, uh, these tracks. And what happened is that between them, I probably got over a million downloads on wow. those songs and a million downloads is a big deal because they're not videos, right? You know, it's un not unheard of for a video to get a million hits. And I think okay. Gabriel Knightley got 11 million hits now, right? Okay. 10, 11 million hits. But for someone to go on SoundCloud, and download something a million times is a really, really big deal. So that's why I decided to uh, to try to do it properly this time. Because in the past, I'd done it all on one-man bands. You know, I sat down with the keyboard and I put it together. And then Ellie Marcus came in, and, and each of those tracks were produced in two days. Mm -hmm. So, so, but this one is the first one that I've decided to go all the way. Brought in professional musicians. I had uh, a programmer help me with the EDM. Because I, I, when I started, I was not a professional at EDM. Now, <laughs> with this all this experience, now I am. But we, mm -hmm. I paid for programmers. We paid for musicians. We paid for uh, studio time because I wanted to do it in proper studios without me having to deal with it. Uh, and we paid a lot of money. I even paid somebody to manage things for me. Wow. Um, so it was, a, uh, it was a very, very big expense. Very, very big expense. But that's how I came to it. It came because people were really loving the three tracks. 
Nice. So I figured if they're loving the free ones, let me do, let me step it up a little bit. So, so let, let me ask you, to, let me ask you, what, let me ask you the big question. So is it, is it working? Are people paying for it? Look, it's such a difficult situation and I'm always a person who speaks honestly and I'll speak honestly now too. Mm-hmm. Avram Freed and Mordechai and David have been complaining about this for years, right? As mm-hmm. far as 10 years back, I remember Mordechai and David putting out a revolutionary video complaining about stealing in Jewish music. And then a, a few years ago, someone took Avram Freed's album before it even hit the shelves, an unmastered version, and produced it. And he complained as well. Shweki, oh, yeah, this is old news. Shweki about a, a, less than a year ago came out with a new album. It was immediately everyone sent it around and he had put out a video saying pay for it. I have a tiny to these guys. <laughs> I don't know if I should say it out loud, but you know, I have a tiny to these guys. These guys have the means that if the three of those guys got together, they could have done something about it. Instead of just making a video, these guys could have got together and, uh, and sued somebody. Taking someone to a dentor. There's, there's things that you could do to, to, to stop people from stealing music. Right. Uh, in fact, it has happened. In the non-Jewish world, they stopped it by doing just that. Of course, they take it's, him to court. Unfortunately, because a, a little guy like me um, doesn't have the means to be able to do that. I cannot go, and especially now that it's grown so big, the pirating market has grown so big, I don't have the means to do it. But because of that, it looks like I'm going to take a massive, massive loss on this album. Massive loss. Like, I didn't even realize how bad the situation was. Because this is the first time I'm producing. Wow. Um, I knew that there was a problem, but I didn't realize it was like this. Wow. I only put the, the I only have the CDs in the stores this week. And it's been floating around Telegram and Instagram and even on websites for two, three weeks already. Oh, Wow. It's, and it's mamesha chutzpah because, because uh, these guys, they do it proudly. It's not like they did it by accident or someone's sharing with a friend. They're doing it because they, they want to get to you. One of the, the Telegram taglines is, we're going to get you the music before it gets to the stores. When you think about it, that's real rishos. In other words, we're not, gonna, yeah. we're not just trying to get you the music. We want to screw the, 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 the artist. We want to make sure that he doesn't even have a chance to sell it to you. That's crazy. And you that's know, a problem. That's, that's crazy. A real problem. Yoni was so, actually talking about this last week. Yoni, Yoni went on a whole, went on a whole, him and I had a whole discussion about this last week because he was also very, like, it, it, it bothered him too. He yeah. said, he was saying, like, we're not making millions of dollars off of our music. We're, no. Like our secular counterparts, we're not making millions of dollars off our music. We're, you know, we're, I think it's a big misconception because people see, look, some of the big wedding singers can make four or five thousand dollars, right? Yeah. They don't realize what it's like. I, no, I, I, not. I'm not going to mention names now because that would obviously be horrible to do that. I know one of the biggest singers, uh, and he's on my album, and I know for a fact that he couldn't make ends meet. Couldn't make ends meet. And that's including the fact that he was getting paid big bucks. Uh, after he paid for his producers and he paid for his albums and his musicians and this and that, he didn't have ends meet to the point. Believe this or not, it's a true story. Mm-hmm. That one day he came out of his house in his mailbox, the lock was broken. And he called someone to fix it. And the guy said 20 bucks to fix it. He didn't have the 20 bucks to give him. He looked in his pockets, he looked in his drawers, he didn't have $20. So yes, obviously there are musicians who are doing well and there are singers who are doing very, very well. 
But I think that people blow it out of proportion. They don't realize what the real business is. Uh, obviously, a guy like Shweti and Avrafried and Mordechai and David, these guys are okay. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people out there who are, uh, who, you know, they're, they're working hard and they're struggling to make ends meet. And some of them do it and some of them don't. Some of them, it depends on the season. The right, exactly. One guy who does well this year and then he doesn't, he hardly can book a job the next year because someone else took his place. And then the next year he comes back and he doesn't, you just don't know. Right. So yes, it's it's uh, people justify taking the uh, stealing the album, uh, and especially in my case, I really hope people will buy it. Is that uh, the show? Well, I'm, uh, I I'm I'm flattered that people like it, and I'm even flattered that they <laughs> that they take it without paying for it. But the right way to do it is uh, is to uh, is to pay for it because uh, that's the only way that I'm going to be able to do this again. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. No, Yoni was saying, have, we, Yoni and I were having this whole conversation about this last week. How it's true. Like, you, again, you guys aren't making millions of dollars. Most of, most of the time, this is not your. You you have a day job to try to to supplement the income, and to go out there and just steal the music and put it out there. It's a it's a problem. And the yeah. fact that right, Jewish music isn't necessary. It's it's very seasonal, depending on what's going on, depending on when the Yom Tovim are and things like that. And also, you guys aren't making royalties off your off your CDs like your secular counterparts are making royalties beyond royalties beyond royalties off the CDs. Right. So it's just it, it it's 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 a pure chutzpah, and yeah. to do it, it's not. It's something that I don't understand yeah. how any thinking Torah Jew would would want to do that. Yeah. And, and know, the truth I, is that the, the prices have come down so much anyway, you know, right. because exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was saying, right. He was saying like, it's the cost to, to, to go out there and buy the album. It costs you le- the same amount as going out there and buying a, like a bagel and a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people don't even realize that the artist isn't even making half of what it sells for. Exactly. You got the, the 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 distributor wants to make his cut. The store owner have to make their cut, and they should. So it's uh, you really need to sell. You really need to sell albums to to, to be able to do it again. So, 100%. You know. No, listen, you know it, it the it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but on this show we don't condone stealing anybody's <laughs> sure music. Don't. We don't condone <laughs> stealing anybody's music. Go out there and buy and buy the album like like you should you know there was once many years ago um i don't know if you're familiar with anybody in the secular world but weird al yankovich he he's a famous he's a famous parody singer and he produced once a long time ago a song called go don't download this song and it was ripping on all these people who go out there and steal music and it was one of the funny thinking of believe it or not because of the type of album that my album is i was thinking of doing something like that (laughs) i was thinking in the final track of because I had a little space right. in the music where I could do an over, a vocal overdub. And I was thinking, maybe just uh, find a creative, fun way to tell people that if they're listening for, to it without paying for it, that they should uh, please support the art and the music by, uh, by buying it. Subliminal. But I didn't end up doing it. I, I, didn't, I thought it might be in a bit bad taste, you know. It, it would have been interesting. But uh, yeah. I did consider doing a similar thing. That's really funny. That is really, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, so so, Tony, it was it was a pleasure having you on the show. I know we got we got to wrap it up here, but it was a pleasure having you on the show. My my final question is, where can we find your album? Where can people go out there and buy your album? Oh my gosh, you should have asked me this question at the beginning. 
Where can people buy the album? Well, it's available on iTunes. It's okay. available on Amazon. Okay. And it's available on uh, Nigan. Uh, Nigan Music. Niganmusic.com. Yep. Um, if you're downloading it, support me by downloading it on iTunes. <laughs> Niganmusic.com is a little bit less fair to the artist. I shouldn't say less fair. It's, it's not as good for the artist. Uh, and physical copies are hitting the stores this week. That's great. So uh, your, your, uh, your local Jamaica stores should have them within. It takes time to get to different places, but within a week to two weeks for sure. Can I know her for, for the Jews that we still, we still believe in CD players? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. For the, for the real firmas out there, we still believe in CD players. Well, there's something, about, there's something about a physical CD. It's really true. Agreed. That you don't get in the, uh, in the download or on the Spotify's. There's something about it because you're holding a product in your hand and it becomes a different kind of experience. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. If, there's, if you have an artist that you really like uh, or something that you're interested in, in listening to, it's definitely worthwhile to, to right. buy it. No, for sure. I mean, that's why people collect CDs and records and all these types yeah. of things because it 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 brings it to a it brings it to another level. But anyways, honey, it was it was a pleasure schmoozing with you. You are you are quite the entertainer, and <laughs> you Australians always always are. I know a lot of Australians out here, and they're always, they always te- they always make me laugh. Yeah, um, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. I, I learned a lot. I really learned a lot from you. And I find that every, every, every person we bring on the show, I always walk away learning something new. And we really delved into this, this understanding and this idea of the Fabrangan and seeing how it really culminated with your album. And I think it's really yeah. cool. So I, I look forward to finishing up listening to the album again. I've listened to it like four or five times because I just like it. I like, I like listening to music. I like putting on these headphones right here and tuning everything out and good tracks really make the day go by so thank you so much i really really appreciate it and thank you for having me sure all the best my friend i wish you out luck in everything you do thank you Carlton. you've just listened to another wonderful episode of go simple the podcast for more news updates and information on our next episode like us on facebook follow us on instagram at go simple live and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, go Simcha! <laughs>